All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first iteration of the Duo Podcast brought to you by Icon Esports. We're sponsored. We are sponsored. (laughs) I am your host, Tyler Remix Arnold, as everybody in the Discord server likes to call me. And uh, this is my duo, Mr. Elliot Turbo Daddy, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Yeah, he said it! Oh my! Uh, it is it is a pleasure. It is a pleasure to be invited as your duo. This this duo started in Vanguard, and we we this is worse than like a breakup. We lived through the Vanguard season. I don't know. We I don't did know. We, in fact <laughs> lived through the Vanguard season. Technically, we also lived through this season, but I don't I don't know the way you've been playing ranked. I might have to stab you pretty soon. Yeah, this this has been a rough season for me, man. I've been struggling all <laughs> just all season long. But I think I'm starting. I'm starting to figure it out. I'm starting to figure it out. Dude, if I had by, a... by M- when MW3 comes out, I'm gonna be shooting. I, I promise. If I had a nickel for every time you've said that exact same sentence. No, no, no. I actually figured it out. No, no. I actually figured it out. I swear, I pinky promise. Anyway, um, dude, it's crazy how we met. Actually, it is. It is kind of. It is kind of weird. Like I. I mean, obviously, I've like been being in esports for a while. You meet a lot of people who are considered like online friends. But like the fact that we didn't even really have an introduction, it was kind of just like I think was it Mikey or was it Gino? One of them was just like here, play with this kid, and I'm like, okay. It, well, <laughs> I worked at Green Lakes with Danny and Gino, and not uh, sponsored. Green Lakes is not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. By the way, not sponsored. Um me and danny were just talking and i was talking about how i used to play competitive cod and i'm, I'm getting back into it or whatever i was like yeah like gino's got this org like we have players that play and shit and i was like oh dude that's so cool like i'd love to jump into the scene again and play again because before that i really hadn't played competitively since like iw that was the last time i played really anything competitive it's the I best cod game by the way in case anyone was curious iw is in fact the best cod game <sighs> I disagree with that opinion, but I'm on a slide for now. I'm no, not going to get mean, into this. You were, you were one of, so, yeah, when I met Danny, or not Danny, dude, dude, the way I met Gina was so fucking weird. But so, like, when it came to the first day of tryouts, I got told that you played pro Halo. So I was like, oh, we got a little Shotzi here. And so when we first started playing, it was like, I either have you as a sub or Danny. And I was like, please. <laughs> please, please help me. Yeah, yeah, please. And it literally, well, it just kind of like. I don't know. I think the more we played, the better we were like, wow, we're two subs who just run the fucking to site and just like shoot everything. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely more of an entry player. Like, I, I do not care about my stats. I will just <laughs> run and bait for everybody. Oh, I've seen I them this don't season. Care. Don't worry. I've, I have I seen just them. bait for everybody, bro. Actual, just bait. actual just punching bag. I know, literally. I'm literally the. Nobody else wants to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Someone's got to take one for the team. Someone's got to take one for the team. <laughs> the other day and i'm like grim just bait me i'm just just (laughs) bait me i met yeah so i met gino when uh i was already playing for a team but it was the off season in the original modern warfare season so mw9 i guess 2019 yeah Mm -hmm. so it was like the off season and normally during my off season i'll play like story games or like games that i just never got to play during the season just like catch up but i guess Mm -hmm. nothing was out or something and i was just bored as hell so I went to a Discord server and I saw some guy was looking for a coach. And I was like, yeah, I could do this. So I hit this kid up and then Gino was one of the first people to try out for that team. It was called MXG Esports. And we were like the most mediocre at best team you have ever heard of. 
Like, I think we won, like, two events, and that was it. It was awful. And then from there, me and Gino kind of bounced around from teams. I don't think I don't think Gino ever played on a team without me being there. I don't, mm-hmm. know. I don't know, though. Uh, yeah. Is anybody from that team still around? Like, do you still oh. talk to any of those people? That Lucid Ops kid... Do you remember from, from his real name's Aiden? I guess I can yeah, tell yeah, the story. Aiden, I don't. Yeah. I think Aiden would like the shout. He uh he we met him in a uh, org called Acrylic. I, he mm-hmm. was he was like a manager and but also a, <laughs> he was also a Fortnite player. <laughs> uh, the good old, the good old Fortnite he was like player. I think he was like a captain of their Fortnite team or something. But he was he was a manager there and he's the whole reason that we're linked to FAU was because like three years after like he vouched for us in that org um he like he got um he got picked up by fau went to school there played there and then now i coach fau and they they're scrim buddies with us at, at icon which is pretty cool but that's really dope aiden he didn't he was he's, he was the same from back then to now there's just it was oh my god there's vcs where you literally had to deafen him for like a good 20 minutes just like give get him to go on a timeout for a little bit dude that was like that just was put it in the corner like <laughs> go sit in your corner did you uh yeah. this is really off topic but did you see rockers projected uh announcement like the roster I announcement s- i saw a little bit of it isn't it like wake it's like big wake um big, big i didn't guys. i, I I saw Big Wake, but I didn't really see any of the other players. I'm gonna I'll pull up Twitter so I don't get it wrong. I believe it's it's Wake, Cammy, uh, Wake Cammy thought... and like um. So Cammy's Attach... not going to LAT then. Attach is there. I I like I said. Hold on. Let me let me pull it up. Let me CDL Intel is getting Googled right now on Twitter. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll have all the that information. <laughs> we'll have all of the information. Where's Jacob? Pull up Jacob Hill right now. Oh, I li- okay, I lied. So it's it's a it's awakening, accuracy, vivid, and lens, which means attach is gone. The man is out. Finally. I've heard. Isn't lens one of the French guys? Yeah, he uh, he's good. He's I haven't good. really watched much of lens. I know everybody knows Abuza, but I really haven't. I don't know much about lens as a player. Um, I think this team is gonna struggle for sure. Well, I, I, I don't know who's I don't know who's gonna be the leader on this team. Um, if Wake's gonna be the leader, then he has to play. He has to play way less selfishly, because he just plays way too selfish. Right, let me let me get on my Stephen Ake Smith shit real quick. I think uh-huh. I think accuracy and Wake are both washed. Oh, I think especially I, accuracy I mean, is washed. Wake's not- Watch. Wake just started playing in MW19. Well, wait, wait till, wait till he drops a fucking point eight in hard point with this team. I think, I think Reese or Vivid. I think he, uh, I think he's really good actually. I, I think he got like actually body slammed this year for no reason. Like I don't, I like just, I think he could. Have I think Vivid better. is, I think Vivid is really solid. I don't know if he's ever really, gonna live up. Really, to... just who's gonna be as? I'm guessing Lens is an SMG player. Yeah. Well, like, they're going to have to match their pace together because, like, Vivid's really fast and, and Lens is going to have to keep up with him and, like, make sure he doesn't get bodied because they're going to have to put up a lot of pressure because accuracy... I mean, accuracy can play fast at times, but Wake is a very slow, methodical player and if Vivid's just getting choke slammed or running into chokes every fucking time, like, it's just not going to work. Yeah, that's fair. Did, uh, did Beans get... 
dropped yet, or is he still re- restricted? I don't think Beans is on Boston anymore. He's, he's a I restricted don't. free agent, and I I, have, face, I think I don't. I mean, if you have Slasher, why the fuck would you have Beans? I I don't understand why Beans is in the league in the first place, but you know that's just, like that's Boston. Just Boston or it got leaked that Boston signed Priesta and Slasher, and obviously they're keeping Snoopy. Yeah. So they need another. They need another sub player. They need another solid sub player. I think. I don't know why they dropped Nero. I don't know why they got rid of Nero. Like Nero would be perfect. I think on this team, because you do not want Priester running a sub, at all. He is a he is a flex player through and through. You do not want him on a main sub. Yeah. So I I I don't understand the concept of dropping Nero. I I don't get that personally, but. I mean, Bob, I mean that, they're running out of money. Let's let's be real here. Boston's just yeah. running out of money. But, but I mean, are, do they really have to play Nero that much? Like, unless is he getting offers from other teams that are really that crazy that he they don't they have to pay him so much they have to drop him or let him go? No, I don't. I mean, I don't know enough about Boston or the infrastructure there, but like. I, I would assume I would I don't want to just go out and be like it's a money thing, but I mean that very well could be because Nero, I would say like he's not like a top ten player in the league. I don't think. I mean maybe you can make an argument for that, but he's I think he can be. he's not he's definitely not. If if you look at like solid players like like I would say like in terms of like the solid tier of players, it's probably like it's like Nero, Kiz, uh, like Draza. Like the like those name like Kleenex like those names who are all they're not necessarily like crazily star powered but they're they're solid like if you get them on your team Kenny like if you get mm-hmm. them on your team they're they're gonna do shit they're just not gonna be insane and I think right. that's kind of where I'd slip him in so I do find it hard to believe that he was getting offers from anywhere that like crazy but dude even now some of these challenger teams are starting to pay out more than the CDL team so he literally could have just gotten like something from a challengers team like oxygen. Like, I would not be surprised if they, they're willing to pay him more than Boston is. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, speaking of payroll, uh, FaZe is going to not only suck, but their contracts. I think I think uh, Abizi's got leaked, and I, someone else's did. Um, and it's it's awful. That FaZe team is not going to be good this year. Um, I think the only reason they're going to be good is because Simp and Cell. I think that's literally I mean- I, I don't I don't see a world in where they're not a top three team. I just don't I just don't see it. Well, unless they complete unless they can't put their differences aside and completely crumble, I don't see how they're not a top three team. Like they should be making Sundays routinely because their main problem was sell on the like technically he was a flex, but he didn't really play flex. He was a main. Did he so ever think- run a sub ever i don't think i saw I him run i it. don't know and that's the problem because he's not really you have two main they had two main ars essentially for two years the r cities is a main he is r cities is not really a flex at least he wasn't in vanguard um and mw i'm not sure i think he ran a sub sometimes in mw but i could be wrong on that i think um cell's biggest issue is he He's able to get away with not having, like, that... Because most flex players, if you look at, like, flex... Like, hard flex players, they're able to play more aggressive because of the fact that they play SMG, so they understand the role a bit better. But even Uh then, like, you look at Dashy. Dashy averages, like, the most engagements out of anyone in the league, I think. Or he's at least up there. And he never played sub. But I would still count him as, like, that flex role. Because, like, if you look at Optic from last season, like... 
I would say that they had two flexes. It it just it's it's a weird dynamic because like if you're looking at someone who's been in the league for a while and someone who knows around esports and th if they're putting together a team, like let's say like Jcap puts together a team, he's going to want to have every role mapped out. I would say yeah. the last like 2 years, uh, the roles just haven't made sense because the games it's the game's fault because look at Vanguard, right? Uh, the auto could gun you from any range, and but so could the the MP40. Right, like, the MP40 was the most broken weapon the, I've I, ever played with. Those two guns, it didn't matter. I think this this year it was very similar with that in terms of because there was times where the TAC was just obviously the best gun in the game, and then there was times where the Vaz was just superiorly better than the TAC. But then there was also uh -huh. the M4 at the beginning of the year, where you basically ran four M4s. Do it all gone, yeah. Yeah. Do it all gone. You could literally do. Nobody was running a Vez pretty much. You maybe had one Vez on the map, like one. And so. And it, like three M4s. When you're looking at strategically, the rules almost disappear. There almost isn't a need for a flex player because, like, when when was the last time, except for maybe on a Zarqua hardpoint, where you felt the real need to have three ARs out? Or even three subs. Like, I mean, you can maybe run three subs on a few, but I would I, rather I, have my flex players. For sure, like, uh, like P5 Hotel, or not not P5 Hotel. Uh, well, yeah, P5 Hotel, uh, P5 uh, Embassy. You probably could run a sub because it's so close quarters. But, I mean, even... Uh, in, even in that, if you watch Provod, when was the last time you saw that happen where someone brought it out? I mean, I, I can't think of it off the top of it. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see a real need for it this year. I think, like, there's definitely specific hills where you can call plays for it. And, I mean, that's what the flex player is, is supposed to be. It's supposed to be able to, like, you know, call plays. But even then, it makes it cuts it down to if you're running, you know, three subs, like... You're you're eliminating probably a gun in the meta right now in the game, like as as of right now, and even I would say like champs era, like that era yeah. of the game, the meta was the tack. The tack just ripped people to shreds, mm -hmm. so there was no need to pull out another SMG because even if you're well, talking about like kitchen on hotel, like that hard point, you need your ARs to be out back, and you could even sit one in booths. But like normally our hold is you have one on plat, and then you have one on side door. Like I mean. If we're if we're gonna talk about like like this is a perfect I think this is a good example. So NYSL, right? I mean you have you have Hydra and Kiz as your main sub, Skies is always on an AR. Preston definitely used a sub a lot. I don't know. I mean you see him on attack probably sixty, seventy percent of the time. But like they'd bring out that third sub a lot and they'd be able to just put pressure on over and over again and just headbutt and it's like kiz and hydra keeping up with each other and then you have preston like it's just like a lot of pressure to deal with and a lot of space they're taking up with three subs on a map like that's why they were so good at hotel because yeah. preston could fucking take out a sub and they could take up so much space and take routes and put pressure and it's just like you can't you can't keep up yeah but i think it depends on the team i think it depends on the map and like I said, I think my, my main issue with the phase team the past couple of years has been Cell not really playing like a Fux and them having two main ARs the whole time. Now, Draza can literally run any weapon. So it doesn't matter what the meta is. If, if it's three ARs, if it's a game like MW19 where you run fucking three MP5s,
or whatever it is, like, that whatever meta it's going to be in MW3, they're prepared for it no matter what. They have a lot of flexible players, except for really Cell. I don't think Cell really wants to run a sub anymore at all. Like, even <laughs> as, like, a 20%, he takes it out on this hill or in this situation i don't even think i just think he wants to run ar all the time the thing was the thing with that phase team that i, I don't hear enough people talking about is yes they've been playing together for a while but they haven't been winning for a while i mean obviously they won champs in cold war which you know but like that cell simp have, have been together and that's two big egos that i don't hear enough people talk about because cell is a dick cell's an asshole to his teammates and that's why I think this phase team is not going to do very well. And I think this is going to be considered like the they'll still probably finish top five because it's phase. But like you now have three egos who are all going to clash because Draz is a dick, Cell's a dick. And when Simp gets pissed off, he can be a dick. So that's just going to make it the reason that the team, I think, last year stayed together and worked so well is because Slasher is such a good just like teammate overall. And like he's able to kind of control. Dude, look at some of the old team Slasher's been on. The fact that he able to make it through some of those seasons is absurd. He did win an event with LAG and Vanguard. We all forget this. <laughs> oh, I was I was there. I was at that major. I remember it vividly. That's I mean, even then, like the Volk was was just ripping. I don't even remember who dude that was. Oh. Yeah, Spark brought out the Volk. Yeah, good times. That was a, that was a, that was a good event. Immediately got fucking G8'd. <laughs> that, was, that was a great event. That, that was... shit went out the window. They said, do it all gone? Nope, gotta go. That was literally, that was literally, of, like, of event. And then it was out. <laughs> yeah, no, it didn't last. I thought it was really funny that it was one of Slasher's teams that benefited from that, and then it got G8'd instantly. <laughs> Okay, so going uh, down the list of confirmed teams, we've talked about Breach, we've talked about Rocker, and we've, I guess Rocker's rumored still. We've talked about Breach, we've talked about uh, FaZe. I mean, Ultra picked up Envoy. That's, I think that's huge. I think they're going to be the best team in the game, personally. I think, um, I think they, they're top three, for sure. I mean, I came I, into this year saying they're the most talented team I've seen in a while. I, I mean, they, they clearly upgraded... I'm. <laughs> Hixie is a good player. Shots fired. Shots, shots no, no, no. fired. I like I like Hixie, and I think Hixie's a good player. But Envoy can literally do everything. His comms are elite. Like he can play any role on an SMG. He could be an entry. He could be a route man. He can be your secondary like sub slayer. Like anything. He could play OBJ. He he can do anything. He can do all the dirty work Hixie can do but better but actually win his ones well <laughs> i mean you can't win an event when you don't win your ones like i i think that's kind of overplayed the fact that he can't win his ones i think it's more so like him baiting for scrappy a lot <laughs> our, our lord I, I, I yeah i feel like he would just he was that really unselfish player that'd be like yeah if we're gonna win like i will bait for you guys as much as i can and he would get when he needed to. He got the big kills. Like he might go point point seven, point seven five, point eight, or whatever. But some of the kills he gets are so important to them winning the maps or the series in general that it doesn't really matter that Scrappy's dropping a one point three and he's dropping a point eight. Like yeah, I do agree that I don't think Hixie gets enough credit for what he's done for that team. No, but on 
the you know the flip side of that envoy is just a significantly better player in my opinion he's yeah, proven absolutely. more and also like that roster announcement video is fire so i think envoy definitely deserves a yeah. spot in toronto i don't know if you did you see it yeah i saw the announcement video. that yeah, that that, cool. that went hard i will did say did you see he uh he threw the first pitch at the blue jays game yeah did you did you see the first pitch yeah <laughs> it was awful yeah, it wasn't that bad it was it was pretty bad i've seen way worse celebrity pitches bro okay way well that's if, yeah it's it's not gonna be like bottom five but like i scumps was better really scumps was what scumps was better play baseball scumps was better scumps dad is a literally used to be a pro baseball player no shit <laughs> I, I don't know about that man i think you i mean those two that's another weird debate i don't like this is going this is getting off topic of roster media but i do want to get this off my chest because i said this in a different podcast and it's only fair that i say it on this podcast how the fuck are envoy and skump constantly getting compared to each other because i feel like they are two completely different players like the the whole reason envoy got his nickname the prince is because of skump and the way they i get it's because they were teaming for a little bit and like that shit but the fact that those two are in the same conversation so often is really weird to me. Envoy is probably a top, like, maybe five player from the last, like, five years, I'd say. Maybe last, like, four. I would, like, just hearing about him and watching him develop, I would say he can stay in, like, the top five conversation. But, like, for, for SMG or just in general? No, for SMG. I don't think in general. Okay. But, like,. I, I don't think you can compare him to Scump at all. And I think that's really, really dense, the fact that I, I keep seeing people compare that. Because, well, I, I don't know. Oh, go ahead. It, it, just, it, just, it just doesn't, I mean, I guess he's got a, he's got a ring now. So that's, that's a positive. But, like, the way they play, the way that, like, the achievement, I don't know. I think, I guess maybe I'm dick riding Scump too hard. But, like, I don't think you can even put anybody really in the conversation with him. And so the fact that they just gave it to Dylan is kind of weird to me. I think the the main point of them calling him the prince wasn't so much the in-game thing. It's like where shots where the position that Shotzi is in right now, right? Like Scump retired, he's the face of Optic now. Like Envoy was supposed to be the face of Optic when Scump eventually retired or whatever. Now Shotzi Shotzi's kind of in that role now where he is under the tutelage of Scump. I think that's more of what they were talking about when they were saying like he was going to be the prince it wasn't so much gameplay related i think i think it was more so being like the figurehead of the optic team when scump retired it's a great segue into the optic team tyler uh so optics partially i think they're still in negotiations uh, team right now is dashy shotzi pred and kenny which is uh is is definitely a roster i don't know how that's going to go down because on paper that sounds like the most talented team in the game like on paper because you're taking i mean three of the top five players i guess not top five top ten you're taking three players from the top ten and then kenny who's like i said earlier is just an overall solid player but like dude i feel like we say this every year about optic where we're like they're gonna be so good and then they're just like mediocre they'll maybe pull out an event win or something mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be any different this year. I think the entire league is going to get pimp smacked by by Ultra. I think FaZe will probably be up there for a little bit, but I think like I just I don't see Optic even I bet they finish top 5. I don't think they're top 3. I, I, I think they're going to underperform heavy. I think they finally have some somebody of a leader in Kenny now cuz for the past couple of years they've been missing a lot of leadership. Like you think about last year to Vanguard, like yes, Ilian Shotzi uh won a championship 
uh, they won a ring. Uh, granted, it was online, but it's still a ring, and they still earned it. Mm. But at the same time, they had Krim and Clay on their team, and they kind of had to switch, like, into, like, a normal roster, not with a veteran leader on their squad. Like, it was Skump. I mean, Skump, I don't really see Skump as, like, really somebody who leads the team. That... Not in, like, an IGL role, like a slasher. Oh, you know oh, I mean? oh, okay, I get you mean that, yeah. Like, like, a, like a slasher. Like, I think Kenny is a perfect pickup for them because it's it's a leadership thing. They have somebody that is going to tell them what to do, like, try to improve on anything they can, watch VOD over and over again, and really try to in-game lead them and put them in spots to succeed. Like, I think that's really going to help them, especially Dashy. I think Dashy needs somebody to really lead him and tell him to, like, be unselfish and play more as a teammate because he was doing that at the end of MW2. He was playing really well. He was playing super unselfishly. Like, he wasn't... I know everybody always brings up, like, the Dashy kill whore thing and, the and the, like, the cell kill whore thing, but, like... When he's when Dashy's playing unselfishly, it helps that team play so much better. And I think having somebody to run with Shotzi and be more consistent than Huke was in Pred and consistently slay out and have Shotzi just put immense pressure on the team, I think they have a good shot at winning two events this year, at least. Um it depends on the phase roster and how they mesh, um, and it depends on how good Ultra is gonna be. I don't know. But I just I don't think it's gonna be optic phase against each out. other. I think I think that optic phase rivalry that people keep trying to paint is just dead. Like I I think that the last few years it's kind of been phase slamming. I guess I can't I can't really like diss how optic played in Vanguard. They had a pretty I mean they had a solid season, but it it wasn't amazing in Cold War like. That's, like, the last time that I can... I mean, that was before even Optic Texas, so it's even hard to say that, like, they were stupidly ever, solid. Ever since Optic Texas has came into existence, I think that they've only lost, like, twice the phase or something like that, I think, since Vanguard. Yeah, but the thing uh, is, is they, they'll turn up in big... That's always been Optic, though, is they'll they'll turn up in big games when they don't matter. Like, like even if you go back to, like, to, like, BO2 and, like, BO3... Like they would beat like top three teams in group play and then get bodied in tournament. Like when when the actual tournament started, I feel like mm -hmm. that, that's just that's just been a thing forever. Mm -hmm. uh, who else is on this list? Uh, Breach. Uh, we LAT. talked about sub subliners staying the same, picking up Sib. Dude, I think Seattle's getting fucked this year, dude. I hate how they just <laughs> lost everybody. That's so. Well, I guess they're they're they might be getting uh, acquired by Phase. I don't know if you heard that. Little ring yeah, of rumors. I, saw, uh, I was actually just about to bring that up about the merger that is supposedly going to happen I think between Seattle and Phase. One of I don't remember if it was Seattle or I think it was the Seattle owner came out and was like, "No, this this isn't gonna happen" or something. But you know, I, we heard that. I with, mean, they with, did the same thing with the the Hashira, the Empire, and yeah. and uh, Chicago merger. That was like, that was the worst the kept. Thing. That was the worst kept secret in all of you. I can confidently say, like that was that was so horribly kept under wraps by just everybody i think like players from every esport on both teams said something hex i think himself said something like like that was so horribly unkept it was insane 
Um, but back to subliners. Uh, Hydra solid. Kiz solid. Skies mediocre. Sib one of the best players in the game. So I think that that that's another team that you're gonna have to be worried about, especially like if I don't, if you. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who's gonna do the. I mean, Kiz does a lot of the dirty work, but like I don't know who's gonna do the dirty work on that team if Sib really like gonna play that role because that's what they need. I think Kiz I mean, Kiz can do that. Hydra is the main slayer on that team. I mean, yeah, Kiz can do that, but, like, Preston is kind of like the glue guy. Like, Sib has to be the glue guy. I don't know how well it's going to work out. I think yes, he, he gets more kills. He is a better slayer than Preston. Is he a smarter player than Preston? I don't know. I don't know about that. I think people keep saying that Sib's unproven compared to Priesta being proven in the league now that he has a ring, and I, I can see that argument, but I also think that you cannot deny statistics or gameplay Sib just looks comfortable in whatever 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 position you put Sib in. I've seen him be like fine in like one v fours in S and D. Like, like no, no matter I... what, he's he's a more calm player. And you have two guys. Hydra Hydra's a bit of an egoey. He's he's pretty egoey. I will admit that. Um, but Kiz and Skies have have in the in recent years they've kind of lost that ego that people would bring up for a long time, especially like Skies in MW. When he was on, um, I think it was Florida. I think that was the team. He was on. Yeah, he was in Florida. Florida. Yeah. That was that was the thing you heard a lot about. Skies was he was fun to be around, but he would he would he had an ego just in game where he wouldn't want to do a lot of the work. I could definitely see. I mean, Kiz is a very selfish player now. I don't know. Did you watch NYSL's like docu series about winning champs and and or anything like that? I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. The two videos I want to watch are Hydra's interview with Krim, and that video. So the NYSL one, you really kind of, I think you get a lot of Kismet and what Kismet went through at the end of that event, especially like, it's so funny when, when Scrap talks shit, you just see Kiz in the locker room, just like losing his mind. He's like, I'm going to fucking body bag this kid. And it's like, that's the I most Kiz. Kiz, Kiz is a goat. I, that's I why I think Kiz. he can, I think he can do the dirty work just as much as anybody else. It's just, it has to be a conversation. Also something that we don't talk a lot about. Um, I think I think maybe the flank talks about it a little bit, but I don't see a lot of main like any like analysts even really bring this up. You have to factor in coaching. NYSL yeah. is probably the second best, if not the best, coached team in Call of Duty League, and it's not even close. The amount of work those guys put in for coaching their team is insane. And if you watch that NYSL video, you'll you'll see what they do. Like yeah. the it's it's no, it's no coincidence that the most winningest teams have ironically had the best coaches i mean jcap yeah. with with jcap from last season um this this season with nysl and phase from cold war all all of which i would say are probably some of the are top three in, yeah. in coaching so, so yeah you have crowder crowder with phase you have derail with subliners i don't know do sender. they have an assistant coach yeah sender oh sender yeah they have sender, yes, they have sender and derail over there and sender is a very good coach Crowder is a really good coach. They have Pac over um, there too, and they have Pac for S and D. That's true. I forgot about Pac. So I mean, they have a solid coaching staff. What does who does Ultra have for coaches? I don't. I actually don't even know. I I I don't. I don't, don't want to say anybody in case I'm wrong and I get clowned on Twitter. But like, I know, I know that they were making moves with their coaching staff. I think they wanted a new S and D coach. Was the last thing I really heard about their staff. Um. The, I think one of the one another one of the bigger signings that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. Um, Optic renewed Rambo's contract. 
um which Did is really which is big i think i thought he was going to surge i thought it was leaked that he was gonna he was coaching surge i i heard that he was staying with optic i guess if there's the leak with surge still going around that could be wrong i don't, so I don't want to say it in 100 percent confidence well, i but... don't think especially with karma because karma said he's not going anywhere that he's coaching next year and they still have jp so I don't see. Yeah, but, I think JP works great in the analyst role. I don't think he can be a head coach. I think Karma's a perfect person for a head coach spot. Like, granted, he might not know everything about the new games, but he will relay the information to the players in a way that they will understand it themselves. Where like sometimes players don't necessarily listen to analytics. You know what I'm saying when yeah. I say that? That's why that's why I actually think that Rambo and Karma would work really well because anyone who's played sports, I mean you played baseball growing up, right? I played baseball and basketball Yeah, up. so anyone who's played any sort of actual sport, you know, sorry, esports people, knows that the best team, you're only going to be a really good team if you have a hard-ass coach. Like, the winningest teams have a coach that's just a dick. Like, yeah. and that's what Karma can be. Rambo is a, is a, he can get upset, and when he gets upset, you're like, uh-oh. But, like, Karma's just always pissed. <laughs> like, he's just always, he's always got a chip on his shoulder, and I think that's going to relay to the players and resonate with it because you have two people who have gained so much respect in that optic system that mm-hmm. that there's there's no real way that that I, I i think the three that you said for coaching would be fine because rambo rambo's got the analytic side and the strategic side and the knowledge that karma's lacking but karma's lacking the or no karma has what rambo's lacking he he's able to relay information that like a high tier player understands because rambo was never really that guy karma is that guy he's just he just is i remember i think i remember watching a video recently I go back and like watch like old, uh, like Karma talking about like coaching and like old gameplay and like Rambo coaching. Mm. A lot, what Karma learned was from Rambo. He just applied it differently. There's a there's a video of Karma on a hard hat like MW3 just running around and talking about like uh, the dynasty and everything like that. I forget what what year they were playing or what year it was necessarily but talked about it and that rambo taught him a lot of what of what he knew but he just took it to another level yeah i don't know i i think if optics coaching stays together they have a higher chance Um... think about this at one point optic had tupac and sender on their coaching staff yeah it's fair like Sender is such a that's, G. That's insane to me. That's insane to me. Sender is such a G. Yeah, Pop Daddy. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> next roster I kind of want to get into is the is the Thieves roster. Do we? Can, can, how about we just go to our next topic? We've talked about roster many. We don't got to talk about Thieves anymore. Well, I kind of want to talk about the Thieves roster a little bit because I think it's kind of <sighs> interesting. My my boys, my uh, the uh, the 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 brother. The Brotherhood, if you will. Uh, Ghosty, Cammy, Afro, and Joey. Big Joe deceives. That's that's a rough one. I think. I think. I, I think, think Ghosty and Cammy are that guy. I think Afro's gonna shit the bed again, and I think Joe is gonna is gonna need some getting adjusting before that team does anything. I think Joe's gonna be really good this year. I don't. I'm not sure about Afro. Afro played well when he was on Rocker this year. I think that team just. He just he plays too fast. He played too fast for that team. That team was very slow paced. He's British. And when they subbed him out, it was kind of just like a fit thing. I don't think it was more like a, a he was playing bad. I think it was really just like 
a teamwork thing and a pacing issue, really. I just can't um, imagine this team finishing anywhere near top five. I think they have a good chance at cracking top six. I think they'll be in that top six to top eight range. Um, I really think they should have um, looked at pairing Ghosty and Abuza together instead of going with Cami and going Abuza, Ghosty, Jodeci's Afro. So that's a really that's a really unproven. I guess the Ghosty hype train from last season hasn't really died down a lot. Uh, people are still calling Ghosty the next like Car or not Karma. They're calling him just good. He's good. That's basically what I was. Gonna I mean, get he there. he did he. I mean, you don't come into never playing CDL and then place second at two back to back events that you play at like not being good. Granted, you are playing with Shotzi and Dashi <laughs> and Duke to an extent, but like. Oh, don't even get me started on Kyla right now. Go see, go see. I mean, that's really hard for an unproven player to do is to hop in an optic roster with all that pressure on you, with hundreds of thousands of fans like down your neck on Twitter every day, and to come out and prove that you can hang and place top two at two events in a row. Like that, you don't do that. That doesn't happen unless you're a. Separate. He also he also g genuinely did like um contribute to those it wasn't like it wasn't like dashy yeah. and shotzi like carrying it all there was like a few snds where ghosty like single-handedly bailed them out like yeah. like he, he played he, the best at champs he statistically played the best at champs that yeah well that team shit the bed at champs and i know i was but... i would still say that i think who lost them that series because of that oh, stupid did, that stupid ass play yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I think if I we're think done, if, if we're done on the topic of roster mania, <laughs> we, can, we can move on from here. I mean, I just I mean, obviously, there's still like, I think a month left of teams being allowed to make moves um, and new signings and everything. But I'm just I'm not seeing a lot of rosters that I'm getting stupidly excited about. I mean, I'm excited to see Sib in New York. Um, obviously, Icon, we're in New York, so we, we always root for our subliner boys. Yes, um, and I'm and I'm very I'm excited to see Sib there. Sib's a G. I think Ultra is just fine, like far and away good. But like looking at these confirmed rosters, it's it's I'm I'm just not seeing enough. I'm seeing seeing too many unproven or like regularly playing bad CDL pros, and not enough people looking towards challengers. Because the fact that God RX has won like three challenger cups, and nobody wants to even like look at him to play in the league, is kind of wild. I think he's definitely, it's leaked that he's definitely getting a spot somewhere. I've seen a lot of different places he possibly could go. Um, I think it happens every year. There's going to be one top team that looks nasty on paper that's going to underperform. And there's going to be one team that we think is shit that's going to overperform. And it's just, at the top level like this, it all just depends on teamwork. Everybody can aim. Everybody's, like, decently smart about the game. Like, there's some... <laughs> people that just hold their left stick forward but like otherwise like it's really when it comes to the top echelon it's just going to be who works together better who works harder who who has better team chemistry like who's going to follow each other like if when they're calling plays who's going to follow the play all the way through no matter what like it's really just going to come down to like teamwork aspects and it happens every year there's a roster that we think is just absolutely insane on paper and when it comes to the actual game they just fall flat they just their teamwork and game isn't there maybe they're not winning their ones as they should they're not trading efficiently they're not holding crosses efficiently like it's just gonna come down to who works better as a team when it comes to especially if the ttk is low 
like in 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 this game i think nysl and toronto were the two best teams at the end of the year just because their teamwork was so good their teamwork was so much better far and away than everybody else's and it was the same thing last year with with thieves you know throughout the first three majors yeah they weren't great but once they clicked and like octane got really comfortable igling and being able to actually like kill people and igl at the same time they won the last major and champs like pretty convincingly like i think it really just is all going to come down to a teamwork thing and how well the teams mesh together and how well the players get along with each other and how how much they grind. Yeah, That's really what it's all going to come down to. There's so much talent now in the league. The, the spots are so condensed. There's only, I mean, if we're talking, what, 12 teams? Four, there's only 48 players in the league. The, the, the talent math. is so top-heavy. Yeah, quick math. <laughs> That's math um, right there. The talent is so top-heavy that it's just going to come down to, like, who works better as a team. It's the same thing in Halo. Like, everybody is... Everybody can shoot. Everybody can aim. Everybody can get kills. It's going to come down to who can work better together as a team. That's really just all it's going to come down to. Yeah, I tip that a lot. I agree with that. I mean, even even if you get to, like, our level of Tier 2 COD, like, you're only as good as your teamwork is and how often you grind. And I think, I mean, we've seen that firsthand playing together for now almost three years, even though, you know, you're on the ACAT team now, which is cute. But I will, I Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, I, dig- right. I digress. I'll be back, I'll be back <laughs> at FW3. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll make Grim make a, make a call. Um, yeah, no, I'll be back. I'm working. I'm working really hard. I, I got. This. I yeah. I'm. I I I tip that. I tip that. This kid's a grinder for sure. I guess. Shaguing. <laughs> I know, dude. I saw that. I woke up this morning to go for a run, and I saw you guys were like still on. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was still on. I was still grinding. I want. I was. I was piecing last night. I was dropping 45 in every hard point I played last night. It was crazy. So I guess segueing, we have we have about like 20 minutes till we hit an hour, and I don't really want to make this longer than an hour. So I guess we should probably talk about the actual, you know, sponsor of our podcast. Um, so Icon Esports is, a, is an esports org based out of New York. Um, they're pretty dope. How did uh, how did you get like? What made you come back? Because Icon the first time fell apart. Pretty uh. I wouldn't say messy, but it was it was really weird. So what what made you want to come back rather than uh, than than team with you know someone else or go do something else? Well, I really just once I heard you guys were getting back together, like you guys were all my friends. Like when the split happened, like I really didn't like that, and I wanted I just wanted to be able to talk to everybody and hang out with my friends and play with my friends and Aww. you know grind. But I mean, I really wanted to come back. It's a it's a good opportunity to get better. And I just want to get better, you know, play challengers, play tournaments. You know, I, I, I'm a very competitive person. I played a lot of sports when I was younger. Um, I play pool now. Like, I'm, a, I'm really big into, like, professional professional pool. I'm really into that scene. I just like competing and the process of improvement and getting better and better every day and seeing the strides. Um, that's one of the main reasons why I came back and the fact that, that I've known you guys for, like, I don't know, two or three years now, we used to play every night. <laughs> and it was, it was more of just a, a, a thing to better myself and to really, like, trust the process and do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I, I don't know. I thought it was weird that, like, that you were like, oh, yeah, I'll come back. Like, I, I was surprised when you agreed to come back to it. I, dude, I didn't even know that Gino wanted me back after the whole thing last time, which yeah. was weird. I would definitely say, though, it, it, it feels like it's a different vibe this time than to any team that, you know, I've, yeah. I've played on. I mean, even now, it's not like a massive achievement, but being ranked top 10 in, in GBs, CMGs, and playing in esports Asian tournaments and placing high is, like, it's pretty. It's pretty cool, and we've only been teaming for like two yeah. weeks, so yeah, it, it's, and it's, there's a lot of shit getting done. <laughs> yeah, and that's really what I what I what I wanted, and to see like it pushes everybody else to get better on the team or on the ACO team or subs in general. Just like everybody wants to improve and get better. Like working with like we work with Grim every night, pretty much. Like you know. Yeah. And me and Mikey are on all the time, constantly. Like. We'll call each other out for doing shit. If we think what the other person is doing is wrong, we will call each other out for it. And we won't. It's just constructive criticism. And it's just getting better incrementally at certain things over and over again. Because I... really, like, I haven't really been able to play against, like, really good competition and to really see what I'm lacking in until, like, we had all these people join the server, like Scrappy and Spot and DMX and all these guys that are really fucking <laughs> Shout good. out to my boys. Yeah. Um, my teammates. Love you guys. <laughs> and Grim as well. Grim has helped, helped, helped us out a lot when it came to a coaching aspect. And it's really just a grind to, to get better every day and to really compete. And back then, I mean... We, when me, Coop, and Tony and you were playing CMGs, like, yeah, we were playing good players, but, like, it wasn't to a consistent basis of, like, Every like, damn, day. like, we're, we're, getting, we're getting shit on. Like, we have to, like, unless you get shit on over and over again, you'd never know what you're doing wrong. If you're playing shitters all the time and you're just destroying them, you're never going to get better because you're never going to see what you're doing wrong. Like, the more I play with people that are better than me and the more I play with these guys that are, like, taking it seriously and playing competitively, it's making me look at myself and be like, okay, what are they doing that I'm not doing? What can I improve on to get better that that I can really push my game to the next level where, you know, I'm not getting flamed? Or to the point where you're like, you know, this 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 remix here is actually kind of good, like... I just want to get my name out there and really and really and really grind because I don't know how much time I have left when it comes to this whole esports thing. So like I really want to hit it and I mean everybody can play sports so there I mean Tom Brady was throwing footballs at forty five years old, like <laughs> slaying you know, it. I do love it, so. I do love how it's like it's like a sibling atmosphere, like a big brother, little brother between Academy and main team, which is really different for me because every tier two team that I've been on, which has been like three now. Um, the ACAD team and the main team, it just is like a clash of egos where everyone, like, like the academy team's like, oh, we're better than them. And then we're like, no, 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 you're not. And then, like, it's just like a constant clash. I think the one thing that really makes this team tick and work really well is the fact that it's, it's such a family atmosphere. That's, like, cheesy to say because every org says, like, oh, we're a family. But, like, you genuinely kind of feel it when you're with yeah. with Ica. I, I mean, mean dude even in our scrims like people are like talking shit and then it'll just be like all love right afterwards and then it'll be like yeah. like every it's like banter constantly and that's super yeah. super cool at least from from my standpoint from you know being a captain for ACAD not to earn not for ACAD for main team <laughs> I just yeah. I just leaked that I'm getting dropped um and it's it's, it's, it's been sick. a different experience for me from being on the main roster all the time and really like playing up to the caliber I know I can play at and then having to kind of like like 
gulp and like say like you know i'm not as i'm not playing as good as i should be and like kind of drop down into that into that academy team and try to make those guys better while improving myself to the point where i can get back to be on the main roster eventually like it's a different it's not something i really had to had to go through before so it's definitely a learning experience that i think has helped me see things a little bit differently for sure I mean, how do you um, feel with the whole? How do you feel with the whole trial? I mean, like Acad's been kind of rocky the last like few days, at least with Grim wanting to do basically a retry out of everybody. What's what's? I mean, yeah. I I haven't played in that atmosphere. What is it? Is it like as shaky as I feel like it is, or are like you and your boys just like running through people? Like I mean, it it depends. Like there are certain. It's just a day by day process. Like. It depends on who's there that day, who really wants to get better, like, who really is there every day and really is receptive to the things that, like, I'm saying, or especially the things that Grim Grim is saying, like, really listening to Grim. Like, I think me and Mikey, for sure, are, like, locked in, like, we're, we're, we're on every night, we're playing eights, we're playing GBs, we're, we're playing ranked when everybody gets off, just grinding as much as possible with like Grim in the call coaching us or or whatever, like going through stuff in private matches, like there isn't really anybody else on the ACAB team that's been doing that with us. So I think that's really what's gonna get the roster settled is who really wants to be here, who really wants to like grind and play these late night sessions. Because if we're like we're grinding every if we play eight hours a night we are like so much further ahead than everybody else that just plays a couple hours a day. Like we're putting in so much more work. We're watching VOD. Uh, I, like even even last night, like I I jumped in a call with like Coop and and uh, Mikey. They're playing together, and we were just like I was just watching a VOD of like a random Coop and and Mikey gameplay, and I'm like, we're just going over VOD. Like even when we're not playing, we're going over VOD. Like, I'm watching all kinds of pro VODs, not even just COD, like Valorant, Apex, like, any FPS pro that I can, like, try to cipher information out of. I'm trying to cipher any kind of information that I can learn from every possible aspect of a shooter game and really trying to up my game. And I think that's that's really what's going to push people over the edge to the ACAD team is who's willing to work, who's really willing to look at themselves and not get upset and say, you know, maybe I'm not as good as I think, and to really work on their flaws. Because I know for a fact that I am not playing well and that I need to fix things in my game to get to the next level. But the first step is realizing that you're not as good as you think you are. Um, The Dunning-Kruger effect, you know, a lot of people think they're a lot better at things they suck at. And it's really just a, a matter of fact of can you be truthful with yourself and say, hey, I'm not playing as well as I should. I'm making mistakes all the time. Just incrementally fix your mistakes, fix your mistakes. One mistake here, fix that. Another mistake here, fix that. Eventually, that's going to build up and you're going to build a nice foundation of fundamentals. And then from there, it's just if you keep doing that, even to the point where like you're really good, but you are still making some mistakes and you fix those mistakes, that's when you really start to see like super improvement and like a really good growth mindset when it comes to COD and just anything in general. I don't mean to be that guy, but I literally yawned during that 10 minute monologue. 
But yeah, I mean, everything you said was right. I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good point. <laughs> I rambled on a bit there, but like, a little? that's really... I'm just going to change your name from Remix to Ramble. Holy fuck. Yeah, buddy. I should. That should be a good, uh, <laughs> be a good tag, actually. Yeah, it'd be a good Smurf name. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's really... I mean, no, it's it true. I mean, that's how, you, that's how you improve. <laughs> you Like, you, everything you said there is, is correct, especially like... Yeah, I, I like, I can't even argue with it. This is really off topic, but I'm looking at the screenshot you sent me of our topics for this podcast, and your phone was at 5%. You need to learn to charge your fucking phone. This is... <laughs> Dude, it, it, <laughs> your phone I is always it almost immediately dead. After that. I charged it immediately after that. What do you, you... want to segue? Do we want to segue into something else? I was, Maybe? I was, like, I mean, uh... there's not much really more to talk about for ACATS. So I'm not getting interviewed about it, so I'm not going to spill everything. Nothing's official besides, I guess, tonight's going to be a big night. I have, I have mm-hmm. to go play a basketball game, but I, I will come back after my, after I dominate some yeah, poor fuckers I... at Lifeline. But like, <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty, I'm feeling pretty good about the state of ACAD. It's, it's like, there's there's some beef going on that I'm hoping just like goes away. Like the more that we ignore it, the more it seems like it's kind of toning down. So hopefully that yeah. that kind of happens. But I mean like yeah. really... the thing that bothers me about it is like the fact that people have egos on the ACAD team. Okay, let's like, calm down. We're COD players here. All of us have egos. Let's simmer down. I I get it. I get it. But like at some point, like the egos have to die down. Like you have to understand. Like we're on an ACAD team. Like, there should be no egos anywhere. We are not better than... There's five people better than us, the main roster and the sub. Like... I'm just they're... happy that the the accusations of, of Gino, like, sticking me on main team only because I'm his friend are over with. I'm just glad that that's out of the, out of the picture, I, finally. I don't know who said that, but I never got into that. But anyway. Okay, wow! Wow! I never said that. This that is, is not r- something I ever said. But wait, that I that I that I was or that I wasn't. That I that no, I never said that you were. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, no, that was not. But anyway, segueing away. From <laughs> Say, that, getting from getting the, away from from the beef. drama shit. From beef. Um, now let's become the anyway. team stars of uh of COD League. <laughs> just... No, I'm I'm set, brother. I... <laughs> I think I think that'd be pretty fun. There's a, I guess there's one thing I do want to talk about. So at Icon, um, we didn't really do much of an introduction, but I do I do run majority things COD with my with my dog Grim. It's like a fifty fifty thing now. Um, he coaches a bit more than I do now since I actually actively play and he's basically retired. Um, but the newest development that you have been aware of um, is a women's team, and the women's league obviously is growing. And I want to take this little segment of this show to not only talk about women's COD and us getting into it, but also the fact that Activision has now run its shit so horribly wrong and fired almost all of their esports staff to the point where third-party leagues like the WXC, which is run by Alley Cat, which is, you know, a good and a bad thing, um, are going to, like, explode. Like, it's going to be awful. But in order for that to happen, we need to have some set, like, like third-party league because even, like, the COD Rec League is pulling views now. And the fact that Activision doesn't see these as a threat at all is kind of an issue. I mean, did you you heard about the Overwatch League, right? Yep, I saw the that's, I saw the post. <laughs> that's yeah, they're crazy. Them, they're literally paying them six million dollars to not fucking like be in the league. Which is which is wild. And like, I uh, I I can't brag about knowing much on what goes on at big video game companies. We have we have a person at Icon inside of um, 
inside of Riot to hook us up with Valorant and help everybody out with Valorant when the first time Icon is. Shout out to Chrissy. She's a W. We love you. Um, but like, y you can't be doing that. If you want to, if you want to run an esport, which I think, I mean, esports, I don't remember, was it last season? It was either last season or I think maybe the Cold War season. They were pulling more views than like baseball, like MLB baseball, which doesn't sound that impressive because not a lot of people like baseball, but like, that's pretty fucking cool to say that like an esports getting more views than an actual major, you know, sport Yeah. with a lot of like care and genuine effort. Like, esports could explode, and it could be massive. I mean, look at even Asia and Europe. Esports, like, CS in Europe is fucking insane. Like, yeah, it's huge. It's huge out in Europe. Well, dude, did, CS you, is like did you see insane. the, the even even the, the last, like, CS major that was in, like, Brazil was, like, they packed that yeah. stadium out, and Neymar was dude, there. That was if, pretty cool. If you, think, if you think about, like, the old, the old CS go days um, with, like, uh, what was that team? Cold... I never watched um, CS. Ballman, Taco, like the Brazilian scene in CS is fucking massive. It's got, and it's the same thing in Val too, really. I mean, you got Loud. Val you got is the new CS, you pretty got much. Crew. Like the Brazilians are crazy about CS:GO and Val. Like they're crazy about it. And same thing with Europe. Like CS:GO is huge in Europe. Like all, usually all the best teams are European. Uh, some some to that extent. I mean, you have a couple really good NA teams, but it's kind of the opposite in Valorant, where like every region has really good teams. Like NA has really good teams. Um, Brazil has really good teams. Europe has really good teams. Japan has really good teams. Korea, like China, China now that you're allowed to play again. Um, I agree. We had a conversation about this once because I heard the Activision thing happen, and we and we talked about it, you know, before the podcast idea was even thrown around. Um, the, the way that Activision fixes the league is the, I think they need to, they, you can't be causing your teams to, you know, pay 200, what is it like, what, what is it, 25 million? 25 yeah, 25 mil for, it's like 25 for, for a spot. For a spot, dude. And that, like. That's never gonna work. I, I agree with what you said. You brought up an idea that I never even really thought about was a soccer relegation type system for a yes. new sport. Dude, that would be so fucking like not only cool but like that would work so well i didn't even like i literally thought about it like if if they could i think the best way to do that is you have to have an open an open qual maybe you pay like if you qualify you have to pay or something i guess i don't mind having to pay just not 25 million i don't mind having to pay to play for a league but just not that much yeah. but like and then if you suck you just go down yeah. and you have like like yeah. you I just did I, uh, so Riot well. have Valorant teams pay for their spots, or did they just have to apply and then they let them in the league? I don't remember. I I know they had to play to get into the league. Yes. I don't and remember well, no, if they paid because because um, Riot went through a screening process of and the some whole orgs. Get in like Optic. So I'm wondering, did they did they pay any did they pay anything like the COD League did to get into? The franchising league or were they just let in by riot through a screening process i would imagine they probably had to pay something because you still have to i don't know what the tournament pays for valorant i like just ran like like a few months ago started like mm -hmm. caring about valorant again but i would imagine they have to pay something i mean riot's making a metric fuck ton of money off their like i mean they they have they have saying. league and val which are like arguably two of the biggest games in the world yeah well league's kind of fallen off in north america and uh north america 
LCS is in a really bad state right now, just overall. Um, I'm not sure about uh, Europe, but League is always going to be huge in the Asian countries like China and Korea. League is the biggest esport by far, um, bar none. Um, they get hundreds of thousands of, of views. Uh, p- esports players over there in League make millions of dollars. Um, Faker is probably. I love Faker. That's my guy. That's my Faker guy. probably makes the most out of any esports player in any esport. Um, did you actually see that he uh, he's got he's having hand issues right now and he's I, not playing? I did see that. Did you? Oh, this is a way more positive thing about Faker. Did you see his org gifted him a Mercedes just for making it to the finals? That's what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they just about, gave him a, a a Benz like for no like, reason. <laughs> League is huge over there. I mean, it's like it's the biggest esport. It's it's bigger than most sports over there. It is the biggest. Like they have events for esports. Like every, it's just everywhere. And when it comes to like COD, I think the best trajectory for that, if this Activision thing is really gonna fall apart, um, and we go back to like the CWL kind of days, I actually think that that'll be better for the overall state of the esport. Uh, because for one, more tournaments more lands, uh, if it's possible, if Activision, like, did what they did before and kind of let the rights go, and they don't really need to have control over uh, events necessarily, and they let people host, um, I think it would actually be really, really good for the state of the eSport to not really have a franchising league until we get somebody that can run it somehow like, like, like Riot runs Valorant right now. Now, they're not perfect, don't get me wrong, but at least they have like an ascension program where you can get into the franchise league by winning ascension. Yeah. But it it's not like these teams are in franchising forever. I think that's where it goes wrong. I also just don't feel any like loyalty for the CDL. Like I feel like this it never felt like for COD especially, it never felt like they gave a shit. I mean, obviously we get our skins in the game and, and that type of shit, but like if you look at Valorant, which, you know, you're, everyone's going to compare everything to Valorant because it's probably the biggest right now, I'd say, or up there. They, like, market their players, like, in the game. Like, specifically players. They, like... Like, the most, like, publicity that I remember getting was, like, if you were a pro player in Top 250, then you got, like, your banner next to your name. Which is... I mean, that's yeah. cool. But, like, they're... COD doesn't give a shit about the eSport. And that's, that, that's what, you know, leading back into what I was saying about women's leagues and third-party leagues... That's why these third-party leagues are going to do so well. I mean, the WXC, the only reason it's not doing well is Alley Cat, which, no beef starting with Alley. You're cool. Jesus Christ. No, You're starting this off in the first podcast? No, no, no beef with Alley. No beef to Zin. You guys are cool. Oh one of them's got a bit of an ego. The other one doesn't. It is what it is. But, like... I didn't say it. I didn't <laughs> say it. My hands are up. But, but that league has so much potential it's unfortunate the way it's being handled and run but well we can get into some wxc horror stories that i've heard from the last few days but um but those third party leagues have so much potential because i mean if if you're if you take someone like skump right now has the money and the resources to start his own league he could start his own league and it could absolutely go hand for hand with the cdl because he's not going to make you pay 25 mil to enter his league. He's going to market the fuck out of you. And he's a player. He understands how the eSport works. Activision has none of that. They don't give a singular fuck, dude. I mean, look at some of the venues that we were even playing in this year. Like, 
Like, this shit's getting, yeah. like, absurd for, like, how little give a shit they have. And we're paying tw I mean, Champs this year wasn't even... Was it a mil? What was it? What was Champs' payout? No, it, was, it, was, it was... Was it a mil? It's a pain. It was, yeah, like... It, was, it wasn't, like, in, in MW or Cold War. I don't remember which one. It was, like, 2.5. This year, it was, like, one-something. And each team's paying out 25 mil. And we're yeah. getting in shit venues. Players aren't getting paid a lot. And we're not making that much on tournament yeah. wins. Like, like what? where is that money going? Yeah. Look, at LA, look at look at LAT. They win champs, and and the next year they have to disband their roster because they're they lost two point five mil. Yeah, they lost. They won champs. The biggest thing you can win besides you know when there was international cod, which should come back. I'll yell about that in a different episode. Like you win champs, you're still losing fucking money. Where where is this money going? You can't be like, oh, it's it's going to the venues because dude, we played in a fucking garage this year. Like like what? I'm I'm gonna yeah, get no. I'm gonna get upset. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna punch something pretty soon. But yeah, it, it really just doesn't make sense to me how how you expect orcs to want to buy into your league into your franchise league, and, and they're losing two and a half mil after winning the two biggest tournaments of the year, pretty much. Dude, fuck it. And, let's, and they're in the let's start a league. They're in the hole. Mark, two and a half. I'm down. Our our editor our editor <laughs> Teddy. Yeah, our editor Teddy. Leave <laughs> fucking highlight this part whenever we put this yeah. out there. We're starting our own league. You have to pay eighty five million to get involved. So you know, get your wallets <laughs> ready, boys. Get your wallets and guess ready. what? We're gonna have Stephen A. Smith run it, so that way Alley Cat and him can yell at each other about how good their leagues are for the next two months. Oh, <laughs> I think. Yeah, uh, I think the main the main difference is between like oh, like we don't play the same game as well when it comes to val or league you play the same game that you would in like normal when it comes to ranked or, or public matches or, or oh, it's competitive. The, yeah it's the same you're playing the same game when it comes to cod we're never going to be able to play the same game as the casual it's always it's always going to be dude you can't bullshit. even you can't even play the same game as the as the ranked players, dude, there's some eerie players who I've played against that are just not good. They're just, and like, they don't understand shit. Dude, even, did you hear what happened last night in scrims? Okay, this will be like the last story, because we're hitting like an hour in time. But I, I want to, I want to mention this. And I don't give a, I'm gonna, I don't give a fuck, I'm gonna mention name. Mr. Kush, Louie, you fucking shit stain. We bodied you last night. That Mr. Kush kid who joined our server and was like, egoing everybody. We got matched with him last night. And fucking body bagged this kid. 250 to 80 get your money up kiddo like this is oh my i just got so upset i don't know where that i don't know why that got brought to my brain okay hold on let me let me lock in let me lock in so anyway <laughs> but like that's a good example this this louie this loony whatever the fuck this the, the kid who went three and 32 against me in hardpoint uh that kid he's like he hit like top 250 and he comes to play his first season of competitive and gets fucking wiped by like dude d isn't even crimson right now like, oh, like he's getting slammed by. You're never. We're never gonna be able to play the full game that we want, and it's never gonna be the same level as Val because it's it's different levels. There's casual players. There's pub stompers. There's ranked. There's good ranked players, and then there's competitive. And then even from competitive, I'd say pros are on a whole different fucking level than most tier two teams. Oh, absolutely. Like, obviously, it's absolutely. it's such it's such a dynamic That's between we're everywhere. All, we're all not playing like the same game all the time. Like it's just. It's different. Like when it comes to Val or anything like that, like when you load in, you not like you're playing the same thing. Granted, not as well, not even close to it. <laughs> but well. it's the same game mode, the same guns, the, the same, same meta. Game. Yeah. Yeah. 
Dude, even in even in Val, you don't get a lot of Valorant players who don't know what's going on. Like I would say, majority of the Val ranked games that I play, granted I'm not a very know. high rank. They like they genuinely have a decent understanding of like callouts and like how things work, what guns to Tens, use. Tens would disagree with you. I just watched a video last night. Tens went on like an hour rant on how to play every role. He's like, even these people in fucking Radiant don't know not to smoke off where you already have info. Okay, well that comes back down to what I said earlier. Is there's such a big difference between the type of player? You're you're physically yeah. invalid and playing the same game, but the types of players are gonna be players are gonna be different. infinitely right. different. The thing with COD that makes it work problem. is it's the same thing for COD, where it's not no, we're not. It's not just a type of player dynamic. It's we're literally physically load into a ranked game and like an eerie lobby, and then load into a pub and tell me that's the same game. Look right, me exactly. look me dead in the eyes and tell me that's the same game. And I think that's a fucking huge problem. And that's why I think, like, X Defiant is going to have a good market when it comes to... Oh. If they really market their esports um, to the point where... They, they will. Look who's developing it. <laughs> that, yes. that game's going to have an insane esports. They're already actually, talking about I'm tournaments. Really, I'm actually really excited for X Defiant. Do you think um, you'll switch? It depends. It depends on how much traction there is for it. Um, I think I could be really gross at that game. Um, I was really gross in the beta. Yeah, it was nasty. But, I got some clips in case anyone's curious. Go to my Twitter. You know, obviously, like before I got before I I met up with you guys and started playing with you guys, I was I was like super into playing Halo and I was you know Onyx and Infinite and I was super grinding it. Um, but like those high kind of high TTK games with a, a bunch of movement. Bless Excuse you. me. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, with a with a bunch of movement is something that I really I really thrive in. I think I think the higher TTK, it, it, it's a it's skill gap. The higher the skill cap of the game, I think the better that I am in it. Just because I, I work harder than most people. We're back. To that. We're back. Better. Yeah, we're back to the we're back to that rant from like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> but I mean, I think when it comes to like, it's a perfect game for an esport. It is a perfect game for an esport. Think... It's got. It reminds me of Black Ops Four, but I'll take a shot. On crack. I I love. <laughs> I do love, and the thing that I haven't heard a lot about X Defiant is the actual amount of care that goes into it. Not only is X Defiant um just a genuine good game, it really feels like Apex. If anyone knows, um, I've played competitive Apex for a while, just like on my off season, I'll play tournaments and shit. But the thing with Apex is when it first came out, everyone loved it because it was like a sequel to titanfall so it felt like a celebration of titanfall you know what i'm saying yeah. and that's what i love about x defiant not only is there former cod pros developing the game which is really cool but also when you load into that game it's a celebration of ubisoft i mean every faction that's in that game is from a different actual ubisoft title the guns and like actual sounds are taken from other games it it feels it felt like and i said dude i said this for the first stream that i was on with danny and gino when we when we streamed x defiant I, f I said this shit. I logged into that beta and I said there's immediately more effort and love put into this game than the last four fucking COD games we've gotten. Because everything is tuned in a beta. In, in the beta, everything was tuned nice. I didn't have any major complaints with the gunplay or the gameplay. The game looks nice. MW2 looks like shit. The game looks awful. Like, yeah, you like can't see phys anybody. yeah, physically the but game looks terrible, so, and it's horribly optimized. And it's like, the same. It's the same as Cold War. It's the same as Cold War, dude. The, the even, dude. Even the way you select your agents is the same. Like, like, and there's just so much love and care that got put into X Defiant. And I, I do agree with what you said that I think if they do decide to go to the esports route, which I think they really would, because Ubisoft has never competed with 
an esport before, and they're I would say a top five. You know, like like they produce really good games, and they're known fucking everywhere. So if they did get into the esports scene, and you know for a fact that that they're pushing for that game to get put into esports, especially the developing team. So yeah, I and they should. Yeah, and they should because they have a good groundwork for it. And it, I think it's going to be really successful as long as the developers listen to their to their players. Dude, they already um, were during the beta. They were like actively updating listen, the guns and the and all that shit. Like, listen, I I agree with you, but sometimes it's happened with games before. You know, as soon as the game launches, developers kind of just don't care. You know, yeah, yeah. and you know, it's kind of like a wait and see approach for me. Uh, I want to be naive and go all in on it and they're gonna care and this game's gonna be amazing but like you know every it was like the beginning of halo infinite like halo infinite came out and you know within the first year i mean it was it was awesome it was it was like halo was back and then 343 decided that they didn't care about the game anymore and it just fell off from there yeah i don't even i don't know the last time i heard about anything like halo related it's 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 really dead now the ranked play system is i I, i'm on the halo competitive subreddit sometimes and i'll scroll through (laughs) yeah i'm a big reddit guy Um, (laughs) the the competitive system and when it comes to rank play is really bad right now it's same thing cod bunch of cheaters the sr gains are like so out of whack disconnects like ghost bullets like packet loss issues just everything and it's it pushed people away from the game and they don't update the game they i mean they put new maps in over the past couple years but like it it, nothing will match that first year when it released that like everybody's like halo's back and then 343 decided that they just weren't going to give a shit anymore that's that's a common that's a common trope you see in in just any esport though because i mean like like i don't remember the last time within the first week of a COD launching, everyone's like, it's just like the old days, COD is back. Like, even with this one, when they put in, like, fucking proximity chat and shit, everyone's like, oh my god, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like MW2 again. It's, it's, I don't understand why more companies don't invest into esports, because esports is going to be the next, like, all these kids are growing up watching, you know, especially, like, Fortnite. Fortnite's huge, like, in, in, in the younger generation. Well, it was. I'm not so sure about it now. <laughs> you, are, like, you are not that old. You are in your mid-20s. You are... Stop talking like you're 60. Oh, like, younger kids. Like, younger kids. Like, 12, <laughs> 13, 14, like, grew up playing Fortnite. And, like, that's... They know all about Fortnite esports. Like, investing into esports right now, I think, is going to be a huge thing. And, it, I mean, you stream it everywhere. You see it everywhere. Twitch is huge. YouTube is huge. Hundreds of thousands of views, maybe a mil here or there. Nothing will like, compare to that Fortnite crazy during like quarantine and that yeah, type of shit, no, dude. We we not. even before that, dude. Like in school, we would watch like remember like the the block like the cube that that whole craze. We like kids had live streams up on their computers in school watching that shit. Like yeah. the craze that Fortnite had. There's no reason that uh, any game, X Defiant, COD, Apex. There's no reason that any game can't create that. That same thing. It's just Fortnite cared so much about not only making their game interesting, but their eSport interesting. Like, the, what is it? Was it the Fortnite World Cup or whatever? The one where, the, like, the 15-year-old won, like, $8 million. Yeah, three, it was $3 million. It was the, Booga. That, that production value in that tournament, dude, they played at a fucking stadium. Like, the production yeah. value there, that place was packed, too. It wasn't, like, a small stadium. That was a big fucking, that was, like, like open roof they played. Like, like there was people that packed it, like... 
dude even the remember the pro-am like that that like every event that epic put on for fortnite went massive and like yes cod is still decently growing champs i think had the highest viewership out of any major which as it should but that's because um, we were back on Twitch as well. If we go back to YouTube, I think it's fucked. Yeah. I think I think it's fucked. I, I really there's no reason that they can't, you know, capture that again. And I'm I think that it all it takes is two or three knowledgeable people who understand the scene and understand all of that. That uh I they... I think the more the more you care about esports as a game company when it comes to things like this, the more eyes you're gonna get on your game, the more people are going to play your game. Um, just for the fact of the competitiveness, like if people see that's what Val that did, these... dude. Valorant's yeah. Valorant had a competitive tournament up within like a few weeks of it releasing. I'm pretty sure, like yeah. they had shit going right away. Like if you're if you're if you're a a developer for let's say COD or X Defiant, yes, the casual player base is very important, but your longtime players that are gonna stay playing your game for a long time are gonna spend money on the game, like in in the store or with microtransactions are going to be the ones that care about the game and care about the state of the game and esports in general. That's where you're going to get your longevity. That's where you're going to make most of your money. So for these developers to not invest in esports and not give a shit about it makes zero sense to me because honestly, in this day and age, I think that's how you get the most eyes on your product because everybody watches Twitch now. Everybody that games watches Twitch, YouTube, Twitch, anything, even kicks getting big now. You know TikTok, you see you. See, I see clips on TikTok all the time. Yeah. Like, like you're getting a ton of views for your game with the with these competitive clips and everything like that. Like, you need to invest in esports if you're if you're a developer for let's say I'm just gonna give an example of Xdefiant. Like if you're Xdefiant, I'm putting my main focus on esports, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I can tip that. And I'm, we might be biased because we're, we're obviously gamers that play esports, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I agree with majority of what you said. I don't really have anything that's like crazy to 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 argue with, but I, I would definitely agree that like it would be really cool to see a game that came out for the sake. Of, it, almost like you remember Splitgate. If um, if if we if, if if we had a company that cared as much about esports as Splitgate did, except they made a good game, then that'd be so like that would be perfect. Like the I'm not gonna lie to you, the reason I was so interested in Splitgate in the first part was because I heard that that it was a game that was marketed literally just for e they didn't give a fuck about casuals. They they made it for esports. They wanted an interesting esport, and like uh -huh. if something like that happened, like that that literally is what drew me in to go play that game. And like I mean like that, Splitgate was like the shit for like a week <laughs> now it's right. now no one plays it anymore and no one cares but like it was cool for a while yeah but yeah i mean there'll always be that bias of obviously being a competitive player and wanting wanting more from your competitive well but i think the more the more you care about the game and the more you you put and listen to the players and listen to your your competitive players and try to grow in a U sport, I, I really do think that that's how you get the most the most eyes on your product nowadays when it comes to FPSs or competitive games in general, or even MOBAs. I mean, League of Legends is probably the biggest esport in the world, and the infrastructure over in the Asian countries when it comes to esports is just on a different level compared to anything we have in America or anything like that. It's just insane how much they care about esports. 
and there's millions of fans of every single team and in, in, in the korean lcs yeah oh, oh, sorry lck sorry lck <laughs> well and even LPL, lpl in china too it has been an hour and 20 minutes um i figured since tyler did the intro it's only fair that i that i exited out this is a very esports heavy podcast, but I mean, we'll be back next week with maybe something a little more, more lighthearted for someone who doesn't give a shit about esports. But um... a, little, a little bit more uh, <laughs> dive into different topics. <laughs> instead of instead of both of us getting pissed off about how bad COD is and just yelling, we're like the yeah. what, what's the guy from Spider Man? The the fucking the one who just rips on Spider Man all the time. Oh, I forgot oh, his uh, fucking name. It's 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 Jay's J Jonah. Jay, yeah, Jameson. Yeah, we're that's yeah. who we are, but for COD. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that is hilarious. I would, uh, I would agree that this, this was, a, this was definitely a good idea. Again, this is the duo brought to you by Icon Esports. Uh, I am, I am Ty- Elliot Turbo. This is Tyler Remix Arnold, the big dog, the man with four eyes and can't shoot straight. So for us That's here great. in, uh, in our homes, not in our studio because Gino doesn't pay us enough. Um, <laughs> uh, this is, this was a fun week. We'll be back again Wednesday. I think our schedules is Wednesdays or whenever I get texted cool. by the big guy. Uh, we'll be back again. Man. We'll be back again. I look forward to to reading how much everyone loved our show on Twitter. So goodbye for this week. We'll see you again. Goodbye, everybody.